All right. Morning. Good to see everyone. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being with us online um, from all over the place. And we're glad that you're part of our family online as well. Um, we're doing a series on relationships called Amazing Relationships. And uh, of course, since it's Father's Day, I think we can weave in a few dad stories to help us uh, along the way. Um, so I want to read uh, a, couple, a scripture that uh, is... It's about, it's about two ladies, um, so it would seem like an odd place to do a Father's Day takeoff. But um, what I want to talk about today is in relationships, um, we've been talking about how relationship is sort of the, sh- the shape or the nature of the entire universe and, the, and that God, and, and that's why relationships matter so much to us. That's why they make us so happy, and that's why they make us so sad. And that's why they're so fulfilling, and that's why they're so uh, maddening at the same time. And, and so we've talked about, first of all, we have to be aware that we are, um, we are related. We are connected. We're connected to everyone and everything. And whether you realize it or recognize it or not, um, we all are connected. And um, being aware of that is sort of the first step, just to be aware aware of other people, aware of their thoughts, aware of their feelings. And uh, today I want to talk about being present in relationships. Now you're seeing and hearing more and more about this. If you're just reading things, um, maybe you're getting little clips. uh, They talk about mindfulness or being present. So let's use a a story from the Gospel of Luke. And it's a story um, where Mary and Martha have Jesus over for dinner. And um, it, says, it says there that um, she had a sister called Mary. This is Martha, who has invited Jesus to their house. All right? So Martha has a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. Um, but Martha was distracted. She was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made, she came to him, that is, she came to Jesus and, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. So this is a story of, um, of, a, of a gal who invites Jesus over for dinner, um, has a sister. The sister comes and is sitting at Jesus' feet. Um, Martha is evidently out in the kitchen getting things ready um, and preparing things. She gets frustrated and says, you know, why don't you have her help me? There's so much in this little story. Of course, Jesus replies to her, Martha, you know, you're, you're worried, you're upset, you're, you're distracted because you have all these other things and you're missing the main thing. And so let's just talk about this for a minute. Life has many things, doesn't it? Life has so many things. Just think about the other day. Have you made a to-do list lately? And, you know, for me, it would be nice if in my to-do list, they were, it was all things that I could do between 1 and 2 o'clock at a certain location. But the other day, I thought, I've got to get some of this stuff off of my plate. Have you done this? 
And so he started, I, I got to write them down. I got to get these things off of my plate. I need to get this, I need to get, Charlie needs to get a passport picture. I need to go to the post office. I need to drop this off. I need to run to the, and everything is a hundred miles. I need to stop by CVS. Has anybody done this before? And next thing you know, I think this is going to take my entire day to just get these things. And the problem is there are many things to do. I don't think there's any shortage of things to do for any of us. Is that, would this be true? In fact, uh, some of you, while I'm talking, you're kind of going through your mental checklist now. I should get this done and I can get... And there are always things to do. But if we aren't careful, the things that we want to do, need to do, have to do, ought to do, start to crowd in, creep in on our personal interactions with other people. That is to say, our to-do list can crowd out our relationship. I want to get this done. I want to head here. I'm upset about this. I'm worried about that. And so this story fits this very well. You have one person who, uh, uh, Martha is the to-do list. She's worried. She's upset. And I notice a couple things in this story. First is this. Says she's distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Now, if you're going to have someone over for dinner, you're going to have to do some work. Is this true? There's a minimum amount of work. Even if you order carry out, you got to pick up the phone and you got to order it. Even if they deliver it, you got Uber Eats. You at least have to go online and you have to do something. So when Jesus tells Martha. She's kind of in the wrong, if you will, that she's worried and upset and distracted. Is it because she's doing some work? I don't think so. I think it's because she made her work more than it needed to be. Permit me? Um, Have you ever idealized a dinner with somebody and then next thing you know you made it more work than it needed to be? Put your hand up here. Um, All of a sudden I want it to be just exactly this way. Now... Think carefully. Now, the conversation, the relationship, the interaction, the purpose of the dinner itself, I hope, everybody look up here, I hope if you have someone over for dinner, the the main purpose is that you want to interact with them. Is this true? You want to laugh, you want to tell a story, you want to hear what they might have to say, or is the purpose to show them what you can do? Huh? Now, a little... Part of the purpose is to show them what you can do. Show them your stuff. Show them your magic. But boy, it can easily creep into now. Now I'm going to... And now the focus, the energy in the room has shifted. It's shifted from this, right? The interaction to busyness. What a great story. But what a truth for all of us. For every single day of our life. You come home from work, you got a thousand things rushing through your head. Things you should have said, things you should have done. Maybe people, you, you, you're still finishing a conversation with somebody. And the, 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 the greatest prized possessions in your life are there. And you're present physically, but you're not, what? Present mentally. Have you ever done this? We've all, we can all admit, we've all done this. I'm in the room, but my mind is somewhere else. I'm thinking about something else. 
I'm worried about something else. So here's what I say. These are the big distractions. Worry. Ready? Wondering and wishing. Worry. You're worried. I don't know if this is going to come out right. I don't know if they're going to like our house. I don't know if this... And the worry, what does it do? Worry always takes you out of the moment. It takes you away somewhere. Wondering. I wonder if they like this kind of food. I wonder what they'll think of our house. I wonder... And we start to wonder. And then it goes past this. It goes, I wonder if I would have taken a left in junior high... I wonder if I, in college, would have stayed with math. I wonder if, anybody ever done this, wondering? I wonder if we would have bought that house instead of this one. Have you done this? I wonder, now, what what are you doing? You're taking yourself out of today, out of the present, and you're putting yourself somewhere over here. These are the kinds of actions that take you away from being able to really connect with somebody. This is how God made us so that we could connect, so that we wouldn't have to worry, we wouldn't have to wonder, but in the moment, I'm there. Now, two stories. First, a JC story, not Jesus Christ, Jerry Kramer, my dad. I have to have a dad story for Father's Day, and um, you can forgive me if I've told you this one, but My dad, if he was great at anything, uh, and he wasn't great at everything, but if he was great at anything, he was great at being there. Now, um, he wasn't good at thinking three weeks ahead about what family vacation would or could or might be. It was just like family vacation was planned about a half hour before it began. This is how he did it. And since it was raining today, I thought this is the day to share this story. And it... He decides, me and my brother, we're going to go on a motorcycle camping trip. When? How about this afternoon? (laughs) Sure. Um, It's raining. Don't worry. We'll put some rain gear on. No problem. We get on motorcycles, and we start heading. Where are we going? Um, I I literally think he replied as we spoke, right? Uh, Let's go down to Kelly's Island, right? Putin Bay area, everybody know what I'm talking about? So we get on the motorcycles and we, we go, we're, we're driving through Toledo, it's raining, the roads are slick, my dad's already had a stroke, his coordination's not the best, um, the light turns red, it's, it's that or yellow, orange, anybody know what I'm talking about? It's in the in-between stage, Is what it, do I go, do I stop? Um, he's thinking, um, my brother's on the back of his bike, I'm following um, the last minute he just decides, I better try to stop. Did I mention it was raining? The bike goes sideways and they slide through the intersection, right? My brother hops off the back and uh, I see my dad and the bike sliding all the way through the intersection and my brother turned around looking at me like this, standing up in the middle of the intersection. <laughs> and uh, with a look on his face, pleading, please let me ride on your bike. Please let me ride on your bike. And uh, I go, no, get, us. get back on that horse, young man. So my brother gets back on with my dad. We finish the trip down to um, catch the ferry um, over to the island. Um, my dad never, it never occurred to him to check the ferry schedule. 
that they stopped running the ferry at a certain time. And so uh, the ferry, the last ferry, had already gone. And uh, so there we were. But my dad was not even ruffled, not even phased, not even disturbed by the event. Um, he says, well, boys, let's just camp it right here. We take the tents out. And in the parking lot, Sandusky, Ohio, uh, where they run the ferries, we had ourselves a father-son camping trip, right? But my dad, it didn't bother him. Now, we were there. We were together. We were camping. Some of you would say, you know, you really should be a better dad and plan things out better. And maybe some of you could argue that. But, you know, how much better is it? And some of you go, I could think of a lot of reasons it'd be better. You could have been on a soft thing. You could have. But, you know, here's the thing. Here's the point. I'm not telling you to be unorganized. But isn't it really about being there? And that was the thing. He was always right there. We're going to go, when are we going on vacation? Well, let's go right now. We don't have a plan. All of our, now, this has been me too, way too often in my life. Well, but if we went at this time, then this might happen. Anybody done this? And then I'm not sure about who's available on this weekend. And I'm not sure that the rain's going to come. And then, and then you, is anybody with me? And it's been three years and you're still getting ready to go camping? And there's, there is something to just, here's the, here are the people that you love. Here's the situation that you're in. Just take advantage of it. Just throw the tents up right here. Um, I, I think my dad started to rub off on me in some ways, some ways um, because later on um, I took my brother camping as well and my cousin Matt and uh, they're both, you know, I don't know, they're around 10 years younger than I am. So um, they're trusting souls with me. And uh, let's go camping, guys. And they're like, wait, I go, let's go tonight. Where are we going to go? It doesn't matter. We'll throw the tent in the back and we'll go. True story. So we throw the tent in the back of my car and I would just drive around. We did this in college a lot, you know. We would just drive, we'd go camping. We, we couldn't afford campsites and didn't have money for those kind of things. So we just drive until it looked like there were no houses, and then we'd put up a tent. On more than one occasion, I woke up in someone's backyard. I'll tell you that. It was a little embarrassing. Um, the sun came up, and we thought, oh, we're in someone's backyard. We drove around that time. I had my brother, my cousin, and uh, threw down a tent. Somewhere it seemed like a field of some sort near my... And it was always dark by then. You know, you got to go when it's dark. It's completely dark. And uh, get the flashlights out. I'm like, let's just do it right here. You know, a couple paces off the road. We're outside. We're camping. We're in a tent. We get the guys together. It's good. So my brother and my cousin, I, I, they, they trustingly get out. They put the whole thing out there. The man. Um, turns out in the morning... Um, Upon further reflection, it was all poison ivy where we laid our... And I had poison ivy all up my hand and my arm and my face. And I had to go get, I had to go get shots. And, um, so planning isn't all that bad. But here's the thing. Perfection is always the enemy of being present. 
perfection. We want the perfect family vacation. We want the perfect view. We want the perfect outfit. We want the perfect dinner. We want everything to be exactly right. I don't know what, I don't know what Martha was chasing, if she was chasing perfection or not. But it says she was distracted by all, listen, all the, the preparations that had to be made. One, two, three, that had to be made. Did they have to? How many things in life do you do that you don't have to do, but you've convinced yourself in your head, I have to do this? Listen, this is coming. We need to pause. All the distractions that had to be made. Evidently, there is enough. Enough food was ready, enough preparations that had, had already been made that she was going so far beyond. This wasn't stuff that had to be made, had to be done. This is something that she had talked herself into. This will impress Jesus. And what did he want? He wanted this. Here's what I've learned about myself. Maybe you learned this about yourself. We can talk ourselves into anything. You can talk yourself into anything. I have to do this. This is so important. This is so important to Jesus. This is so important to our guests. This is the way you have to do dinner. This is the way you have to go on vacation. This is the thing that must... These are the grades you must get. Whatever it is, we talk ourselves into it. And perfection... Now, is anybody as old as me in in, in this room? Anybody as old as me... Like, you don't get a 4.78 GPA. Is anybody as old as me? There's no such thing as a 4.77 GPA. If you do everything right, if you do everything perfect, you get a 4.0. Is anybody with me? How many 2.8s we got out there? Give it up there, brothers. Huh? Three of us 2.8s. You know, but what we've, we've idealized, this is important. We've idealized that everything and everyone's going to be perfect. Your grades are going to be perfect. Your marriage is going to be perfect. Your dinner is going to be perfect. Your vacation is going to be perfect. And so the incessant nature is the mind just drives you and drives you. And in our culture, which is driven and driven and driven, we are focused on achieving and achieving. And then we go right past the people. What are we doing it all for? I think what Jesus was saying to her is, what are you doing it all for? I'm right here. Come say hi. Hmm. Something's helping me be more present. I'm as guilty as anybody. You're there. Start thinking about all these things you should do. Someone's helping me be present. Her name's Charlie. What can you do when a six-month-old at three o'clock in the morning is just screaming? You just have to what? You have to be fully there. The other day, mom went to, out for a minute to take care of some errands. So we're just, start, just starting to introduce, like, um, food, love, you know, squash, whatever it is. You put this, you, 
Look, you put like this. It's like a microscopic piece on a on a spoon. Now, I, I don't know about you, but like when I eat, I just eat like a carnivore. That's like, ah, ah. You know what I mean? You put a hamburger, I mean, it's gone. It's just gone, right? And so this is so, this is just driving me crazy. Like, I can only put this much on this spoon that's already this tiny. Yep, that's all she can handle. You put it on there, and she goes, <laughs> spits it. My, ready? My question is, why are we doing this? Here's what I'm told. They have to learn how to eat. So I have to spend hour after hour after hour putting food in that she's going to spit back out because eventually she's going to learn how to swallow it. Talk about slowing your roll. Anybody with me? Spit it back out. That's okay. That was nice. Put more in. Spit it back out. You can't help. Slow you down. What else are you going to do? You've got to be there. You've got to fully connect to the moment that's in front of you. The problem, I think, for us in our modern American culture is that we have become obsessed with some level of perfection. I really do. I think we idealize our cars and our homes and our meals and, as I said, our grades. And then we forget what it's all for. I want to quote somebody. He said, being present means you're not thinking of anything else. That is, you're just thinking of what's in front of you. You're not projecting. You're not regretting. You're not hiding. Yes, other thoughts come to you. Shouldn't you be doing something else? How many here live with constant guilt? I should be getting more accomplished. Isn't that something? Constant guilt. I should be getting more done. Where do we get that from? It doesn't matter what you're doing. I should be getting more done. I didn't get enough done today. Where does that come from? Your thought is, am I doing the right thing? How is this going to turn out? People started uh, giving me advice, and books, and things about, you know, you know how it is. I mean, you, you have this infant. You want, you want, of course you want them to be good. You want them to turn out well. Um, there's a million books. There's 20,000 opinions about everything. I mean, I would drive myself absolutely nuts if I listened to people. Ready? I don't care. No, but this is, I just heard, I, I know, but then the next doctor and the next survey and the next guy, and you think this is like the first kid that ever landed on the planet. We've been doing this for a long, long, long time. People in third world countries, right? No running water, no nookies, right? No this, no that. And guess what? They're turning out. It turns out, I'm not against, you know, doing what, but listen, here's what I I think it turns out in life. What matters most is that when you're with somebody, you're with them. That you're present to them, and they are present to you. And I can tell you, I wish you had met my dad. 
Because for all the things that he was, he was not perfect by any means. But he always knew how to be there with you. When we were kids, um, you know, I have home videos showing my dad and my grandpa, all the grandkids, we'd all go to the sledding hill. Two or three times up this really, really tall sledding hill, snow was really deep. You know, it's like up to here, it's just a bear to walk back up. My dad and my grandpa would have to take turns pulling this huge toboggan back up the hill. We'd all load back on it. And after about three trips up and down that hill, they just got forget that. They get the pickup truck, they put the gate down, and grandma and grandpa sit in the back and hold us as we go all through the country roads, tobogganing behind their pickup truck. I, I'm aware they'd be arrested today, I'm aware. <laughs> but for them, it was just be present, be in the moment. I'm not a... Uh, I'm not a horseman by any means, and I know some of you are, so you can correct me later. Um, But I was listening to a lady who was an accomplished um, horse trainer, and she was talking about this concept that she called schwang. And she said, you get to a certain point with with a horse, you get to a certain level when you're training a horse, where you connect to their rhythm. They have a certain gait. They have a certain rhythm at which they run or gallop or trot. And she said, Shvang is when you engage with their rhythm. Not when you're trying to get them on your rhythm. She said, but you just connect with their rhythm. She said, it's less about control and more about letting go. We always thought we got to control this horse. We got to tell this horse what to do. We got to make this horse mind. She said, but really what it is, is you have to learn to give into their rhythm. Boy, there's got to be some wisdom there, doesn't there? Maybe the key in relationships is schwung, where you just connect to their rhythm. I think Martha wanted Jesus to get stressed out about dinner. She wanted Jesus on her rhythm. This is how dinner should be. And he's sitting on the floor. Thinking, this is fine. This, is, this will do. Notice all the emotions in Martha. Notice the emotions. Jealousy. Why is she in there? She's jealous of her sister. Jealousy. Anger. Control, she says to Jesus, tell, (laughs) are you with me? You coming into the living room telling Jesus what to do. Tell her to do this. It's the opposite of schwang, control. She wanted to control the situation. Why? Because of something she projected in her head. Every one of us do this, if we care to admit it. We project things in our head. This is how this is supposed to go. This is how our family's supposed to be. Quick survey. How many of you can say, it didn't exactly turn out that way? 
I just did a wedding. I just did a wedding yesterday. I love weddings because everybody's so excited and they're so romantic and everything's so beautiful and idealized and everything. And you never can paint reality then. You've got to just stay with the romance, right? But what's the reality? Nothing can be fairy tale. It has to be real. And what, what Martha couldn't let go of was her own fairy tale. The, her, the own story she was telling herself about how it's supposed to be. And what that did is that made her a controlling and a cantankerous person. Instead of letting go. Schwung is like, oh, he just, he's okay just sitting on the floor. Could you imagine having peanut butter and jelly with Jesus? Huh? Think about it. Kicking your shoes off. No, he's, he, that's not, he's not worthy. We need filet. I mean, your only question is like, smooth or crunchy, sir? Smooth or crunchy? Bring it in. And you, you're there. It's the rhythm. The problem is when we try to force our rhythm onto somebody else. Here's how I think it should be. You ever been there? Oh, man, doesn't it get, doesn't it get tense, cantankerous, and difficult? Being present means letting go of control. I'm, I don't need to control the situation. I can just let it be what it is. I don't need to think about but ways to make it better. Just be there. How do you know sometimes maybe it's good that something's not efficient? That's all I can think of when Charlie's eating and just spitting up her food is this is so inefficient. Are you with me? How many are efficient minded people? Like, let's get things done. Let's get, huh? The engineers out there, I think if we did this differently, it just, it wasn't about being efficient, it was just about. That story, Jesus never, like he never lightens up on on Martha. He's just like, you missed it. And then then he says this. Mary has chosen something better, the one thing that is better. This was clearly better. Better. This was better. Not having it perfect, but being present. And it will not be taken from her. You can't get this back, friends. Huh? Whatever you're doing, whatever your spaghetti you're making, all that, that comes, that goes. You can't get this back. That's never going to be taken. 